This is Jim and Jory Mansky with a taste of compassionate leadership here on NBC Academy. The class is called uh, Recovering from Reactivity. I've gained confidence in how these classes can contribute to people learning and integrating nonviolent communication. So I'm really excited to be here. And Jory, would you like to check in a little bit? I am really appreciative that uh, you have shown up because this gives me an opportunity to share what's in my passion to share. And it also gives me inspiration just knowing that these are things that you are also interested in. So there's this sense of community for me. Thank you for joining us. Let me give you a little overview of what we're intending uh, to do today. What we intend to cover is we're going to have a little what we call a self-connection exercise in just a moment. And this particular self-connection exercise is about focusing your own awareness on your body so that you can notice your reactivity and maybe start attending to it in a wholehearted way before it blows up into something that everybody will regret. Secondly, we'll have an opportunity for you to check in with each other, and we'll put you into small groups and uh, give you uh, an opportunity to answer a few questions with each other and get to build a little bit of a sense of community with one another. After the uh, check-in, we'll, we have a lesson that Jory will be presenting on recovering from reactivity, and there'll be a chance for you to practice with each other. And if we have time, we also have a written practice that we can go through to work on what happens after reactivity when you might want to make a repair with somebody else that matters to you. And at the end, we'll hear from a few people to do like a checkout to hear needs met and any advice you have about how we can improve our skills as presenters and trainers. So we'll go ahead and move into the self-connection exercise. I like to do this particular exercise with my eyes closed, but it, you're free to do it however you would like. And just begin with what we call the zero step. What's your intention in doing this exercise? And then bringing your attention to the present moment, just notice your breath. Just allow yourself to become aware of the air moving in and out through your body. Every breath in is an opportunity to celebrate your needs being met, your need for air oxygen that sustains your body. Every breath out, a celebration of giving as you give away what you don't need, the carbon dioxide, which is a gift for the plants of our world. Breathing in, enjoying the gift of life, breathing out, giving the gift of life to plants. Every day, we human beings react to conflict. It's just deep in our biology, deep in our neurology, and there's a real life-serving purpose to those reactions, and they're not pleasant for us. 
And we have some choices about what to do when we notice those reactions. So let's just take a moment and fine tune our awareness of the kinds of things that can happen in your body when you react. So first, just do a baseline. Just notice how your body feels right now. Just scan the body for any sense of stress or tension. Just notice how your body is in this moment. And then remember a time recently when you got just a little bit triggered, just a little bit upset. Something didn't quite go the way you expected and your body reacted. What did you notice in your body? What do you notice in your body right now, even remembering this reaction? Pay attention to the core of your body, especially your belly. You might notice some sense of constriction or tightness or butterflies or upset in the stomach or in the gut. Some people notice it even lower, really low in the belly, a, a sharpness or a pain. And some people notice a little higher around the solar plexus almost like the air has been drawn out of your body. And also notice the heart. As you recall this triggering event, again, there may be a sense of constriction, a sense of tightness or pain. You might notice it's difficult to breathe when you're reactive. And then you might notice also your throat. Again, there might be a sense of constriction or tightness. There may be the impulse to scream or yell. There might be a lot of energy in the throat. And notice what it's like inside your mouth. Sometimes it's a very dry mouth. Sense of really being parched, thirsty, raw. You might also notice your eyes. Sometimes there's a squintiness, a furrowed brow, wrinkled forehead, other sense of tension in the jaw or the face. You might also notice a lot of thinking going on, lots of judgmental thoughts. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who deserves to be punished? Who's to blame? Whose fault is it? Lots of thoughts, and these thoughts in turn feed back and create even more emotional intensity in your body. And that emotional intensity can again feed back to even more thoughts, maybe even blaming yourself, thinking that it's your fault, that you're not good enough. But notice that you are just there observing all of this happening, that you're not your body, you're observing your body. 
You're not your emotions. You're observing your emotions. You're not your sensations. You're aware of your sensations. You're not your thoughts. You're aware of your thoughts. So just celebrate that that awareness, even when you're triggered, is always present. That's the anchor for us to use NVC, is to claim this observing, witnessing presence for our own experience. So let go of any thoughts that you had about a stressful incident. Just kind of let it go and maybe think of something enjoyable, something that you really appreciate. Maybe something you really appreciate about yourself or something you appreciate about a family member or loved one or something you appreciate about nature or life in general. And just savor the appreciation that you feel in your body now. And again, go back to the body and notice how it is as you connect to gratitude and appreciation. In just a moment, I'm going to put you into a small breakout group. And the invitation in this breakout group is that you just introduce yourselves to one another. Why are you on the call? Well, I'm here because I love NBC and I love meeting people and contributing to people's learning about NBC. And I do that for really selfful reasons, because the more other people understand NBC, the easier my life will be. The more joy and happiness I'll experience and they'll experience. And then to share a sentence or two about your experience of the self-connection exercise that we just had. It can be anything from, wow, that was really helpful, to, boy, I didn't understand a word Jim was saying. Whatever your experience is, is absolutely fine. And then just move on. Once the breakout group ends, we'll carry on from there. People are starting to come back. So welcome. Our lesson today is on recovering from reactivity. Reactivity is something that happens to us because we have evolved a nervous system that supports us in being able to respond quickly when we think there's danger. And so it is inevitable that all of us experience reactivity. So for me, the first thing that is important in terms of awareness of recovering from reactivity is giving ourselves permission to be reactive, because that is a reality. Um, I often use this example, maybe some of you have heard me say this, that we could not have evolved driving cars if we didn't have a nervous system that would react very, very quickly to anything that is perceived as danger. So it starts with giving ourselves permission to be human, and not just human, but to be in a body, whether we're um, humans or animals or whatever, that we've all evolved nervous systems that have become reactive. The challenge is whether if we act out of our reactivity, we are less likely to build connection. And in fact, what recovering from reactivity really means to me is that we're recovering full use of our heart and our minds again. Because in the moment of reactivity, the world shrinks down 
in our awareness. Whatever it is that's perceived as a danger is pretty much the only thing that exists in that, that initial moment. And then we begin to develop some more of our capacities and the capacity to really pay attention to what is happening is really important. And unless someone is, well, even if they're standing there with a gun in front of you or unless the the bus is about to come and you don't really have time, you got to push yourself or somebody else out of the way. We generally have some time to at least take a breath and acknowledge to ourselves that we're reactive. So the way we know we're reactive is that we're in some sort of fight, flight, freeze, where our energy is, we're disconnected from our whole being. So this is actually about how do we reconnect our whole nervous system. So here we are, we're reactive beings. It's, it's just a given and for good reason. But what do we do to come back into balance, to really be connected to what is alive in us and to the broader picture? So I want to share with you one strategy that I think is fairly I was going to say easy to incorporate, mainly because if you're familiar with MVC, it's using the MVC components and focuses that can help us. One of the things that happens when we get angry is we turn our attention outward on who did what and whose fault is it, right? Someone else made me feel is how we're programmed, for most of us, actually, I'm, I'm trying to think if I, I've actually met someone who could tell me that they didn't have some of that programming at home or at school or you know, someplace in their life, that something happens and we go into blame of someone else. And so we actually can use that once we, once we actually get connected enough by taking a breath and realizing we're reactive. The first part, again, is that we have to realize we're reactive. And then we can actually use these trainings that we've had from our acculturation to do it consciously, to actually, from a conscious place, blame the other person. So, for example... About an hour before this class, Jim came in and said, would you send out a constant contact right now? Let people know that they have to register in a certain way. I'm in the middle of doing something else, and the, the first part of becoming unreactive was, oh, God, just to acknowledge I'm reactive in this moment. My nervous system just took a hit. And then I very consciously, the next step will be, Whose fault is it? Why didn't someone do this before? So just very consciously, you know, maybe it even happened unconsciously initially, but then I make it conscious. Oh, I take my jackal ears and I face them outwardly to who did what? What's wrong with you? Okay, just to see that that's one of my choices. I love choice, by the way. 
the more choice I have, <laughs> I, you know, I, my kids actually were frustrated sometimes with me because I gave them too much choice. So this works well for me. I, I actually have the choice and I can acknowledge the choice to actually blame you because my nervous system got triggered and it's someone else's fault. God forbid it was mine that this didn't go out. <laughs> So that's the very first step. Who did what? Who's to blame out there? And then I do something else that we tend to have been very well trained to do, and I do it fairly consciously. I take these jackal ears. I turn my jackal ears inward. So I'm actually, these parts that are listening now are listening inside of me. And I consciously allow myself to blame myself. Oh, I'm so stupid. I should have checked this out before. Why didn't I do that? Sound a little familiar? You ever talk to yourself this way? I do. For me, this work is not about not having these voices. It's about being conscious of these voices and using them as a next step. So sometimes I actually even start here. So I'll just start there and then I'll turn the ears around just to, to you or whoever's out there. So it could go either way, but generally you can see what your propensity is and follow that. But I like in a way to do the jackal ears out first, no matter what I'm doing, then repeat the jackal ears in because the third step is actually to connect to what's alive in me. What is my need right now? So having blamed myself, I should have been, gives me some clues about what my needs are. My initial need is for some self-acceptance, almost always is where I go because I just blamed myself. And then I look deeper. What needs are alive in me? around this well some quality of efficiency and to be able to contribute to the people who have signed up previously for this call so that they have some choice to be able to join and so the needs to contribute that's actually a, a very beautiful thing inside of me, and I'm already, my nervous system is calming down. And then, when my ne- nervous system is calming down, I have the opportunity, those were my giraffe years, inward, that I was actually demonstrating. And then, I have the opportunity to turn my giraffe ears out and experience the opening up to the rest of the world and and its perfection and beauty as well. What is the beautiful need that was going on in whoever it was who stimulated what was going on in me? Didn't cause, but stimulated. So Jim was the one who came in and so I want to consider what's Jim's need well in this particular situation Jim's need is exactly mine I do believe it's contributing and it's also 
a need for, I, I imagine he had also had a need for some focus and some ease. And that's why he asked me to do this. And having done that, I am now in a place where I can actually make a choice instead of do a knee-jerk reaction. You know what I mean by that? You know, that automatic reaction and decide for myself, okay, now he has asked me to do something. That's actually the observation. He asked me to do something. And with these ears on, having looked at my needs and his needs, I actually have a choice. From a reactive place, I'm not aware of any choice. But now I have calmed down and I have calmed my nervous system so that I'm more likely to make a choice that's connected to life. So that's the practice. And I'll just really quickly demonstrate it. So Jim walks in. What I hear is, we didn't do this. You've got, you've got to, to send the email. First reaction inside. God, what a jerk. Why is he asking me for this? And I consciously go, oh, God, what's my jackal ears in? I, I'm, I'm the failure here. Those were my jackal out and in. And then I just very quickly, though, go to, okay, what's my need here? Okay, my need is to calm my nervous system and to find a way to contribute. Okay. What's his need? Oh, his need is also to contribute, and he's also needing some support. Okay. Now, then I might have a dialogue, and we'll talk about that dialogue afterwards when, after our breakout, we'll look at how we can do some repair. But for now, what we'd like to do is to have you break up into small groups again, and for each person to name a scenario and then to be able to write down or at least express your four different ways of hearing this message, the two jackals and then the two giraffes. And so right now, just for starters, before we do the breakout group, just take a moment or two to write down a difficult what you heard that was triggering for you, something that actually you reacted to. And keep it, if you will, to on a scale of 1 to 10, maybe a 2 or a 3, but not much higher than that so that you are not so hijacked that you're going to need a lot of time to be able to connect with these three pieces. Okay, so just think of a situation where you got mildly reactive. Helps to write it down. Try and make it as concise as possible. Do you have a yes. question? Yes, I need clarification of what you said we should discuss in the breakout groups. What you're going to do is you're going to have a very simple comment or situation where you got reactive. We want to spend as little time trying to explain that to other people because you're actually going to be working on it by yourself. Then each person will take a turn and actually do a jackal ears out response to it. And then a 
jackal ears in response to it. And then a giraffe ears in response. And then a giraffe ears out response. And so you're going to be actually doing this for yourself. And everybody else has an opportunity to hold each other with some empathic support, non-verbally, unless they're asked for support. If you have a really pithy thing like mine was, you have to do this right now, you can actually ask someone to say that to you four times. But it needs to be something very specific and short to use that particular part of it. Just exact words to be said, not the story. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Hopefully you'll have a chance to get through everybody with help in the breakout session. We're going to do this for about 20 minutes. And here you go. Have fun. Figure this out. And don't worry about making mistakes. That's what we're all here to do. I've already made about 15 here. So keep on uh, making mistakes and we'll all learn more. You look a little frustrated. Me and my computer. It's like not being able to do anything on it. If you end up staying with Jim and I, we can actually have you do the four ears with this. We actually have a group we can actually do it right here. Let's start with you. I heard was this damn computer, right? Yeah, well, let's start in the beginning when I went to sign up for this class. I wonder if you're willing to use this as a practice right now. Oh, yes, I would love to. You want to do the computer thing or the registration thing? Well, it's with the computer. Okay, so let's do it with the computer. So you start out by just... Tell the computer what's wrong with it. Just a sentence or two. Blame the computer first. The computer. Damn computer. (laughs) You never work right. You're the one that doesn't work right. Okay. So now the second part is just a sentence of what's wrong with it's your fault. I can't do anything right. That's the spirit. Stop with just one comment here. And then the next one is to take your giraffe ears to actually... Hear your own heart. What need is important to you right now about this? What need arises in this situation? Efficiency. We all need for efficiency. And just to savor that you have a need for efficiency and now you have self-connected. Take those giraffe ears and turn them around towards your computer and have a little compassion for your computer. What's the <laughs> intention in your life? I know, okay, holy computer, that you only serve me and you hear my happiness. Notice what this is like now. Okay, so I wonder if someone else would like to practice here. Okay, lately to earn some money, I've been driving for Lyft. It's a ride sharing service. It's basically kind of like uh, taxi driving meets social media. And you get a copy of what people say and how they rated you every week. The review that I read was weird person drives really slowly and takes the longest way to get there. So would you like me to say this or somebody else to say that to you? Sure. Go ahead. Someone want to go ahead and feed that to him? Weird guy who takes the long... Weird guy taking forever to get there. Jackal ears out. Maybe you could have said that during the ride because I could have done something about it maybe during the ride instead of this passive aggressive lashing out after the fact when there's no opportunity for me to to do anything differently, first of all. 
Second of all, I use Google Maps and I'm following their route, which is supposedly the most efficient route. So to take the slowest route is just ridiculous. And yeah, I drive the speed limit. I'm driving safely. Do you want to get there safely or what? That's some of your jackal out. I imagine there's some honesty in there as well. But <laughs> your jackal in, making yourself wrong. Let's see, jackal in. Why am I even doing this? This is not using my talents in a way that I'd like to be. I'm just wasting my time doing this. I mean, yeah, I earn some money, but it, it's not particularly satisfying. Sometimes I enjoy it, but I don't really enjoy this. Why am I subjecting myself to this? And then how about the honest connection to your own needs? Well, I really want to be seen for my intention, which is I'm doing this just to earn some money and I'm really doing it earnestly and with positive intent and including being safe and being efficient and being friendly. I really want to be seen for that. I really want to be recognized for the fact that it's not my preferred thing to be doing right now and I'm doing the best I can and feel like I'm really kind of putting it out there. And I guess I'd like to be seen for that. And then your giraffe ears out. I guess I'm imagining that this person has a different idea of what speed they're comfortable with traveling at. And maybe they have some inside knowledge about routes to take that they believe are more efficient and that it didn't feel comfortable to them to say something to me verbally about it in the situation as much as they might have liked to if they'd felt safe to do so. So just notice how that is for you and any shift that maybe has happened for you in terms of your reactivity. Yeah, I mean, I went through that sort of, like, not verbally, but I went through that sort of sequence when I read the the feedback initially. Not really deliberately, but it did sort of travel through me. And at the time, I noticed that I went from, like, frustration, anger to relaxation. I do find it really useful to cultivate my holding of a wider lens and a little bit more of a detached view to go through that kind of a process. It does feel um, a little bit more internalized for me to go through that, you know, especially in situations like that where I'm not confronted by a person speaking the words, but rather it's written words that I can take my time to deal with. It definitely makes it a lot easier to, to walk through the process. But yeah, it does have a calming effect. And, you know, frankly, saying it here also... I think helps a little bit in terms of just being seen. That's having a witness and being accompanied and held. My experience is also that I tend to be able to hold it out here instead of say those jackal things. It becomes more of a practice. There's one more thing that comes up for me, Jory, and that is a little bit of grief, sadness that, I mean, I really value transparency. and, And so there is some grief for me around the inhibitions we have to saying things when we feel them and we, you know, like this person choosing not to say something that might've supported them getting their needs met in the moment. I just have sadness about that because I, I am imagining a world where we could have more connection and be better meeting our needs if we had more transparency. Going through the four steps now, how, how is that different for you 
than maybe in the moment when it was actually happening. It's being the, what I was mentioning before about being able to be seen for it. It's supportive. Like I, I have the sense that I'm not alone in my experience, that it's in some small way being held by others. Thank you. Thank you so much for practicing. I'm really appreciating that the rest of you are here to be a witness, to be your silent witness, appreciating your presence here. And the other <laughs> folks are beginning to come back to a big room. Curious if anybody have any comments or questions about the practice. Or some celebrations or warnings even about it. Just now when I did the activity, when Maria asked me what's his needs, I found out that I never thought about it before, about his needs. Yeah, that's kind of an amazing insight. Thank you so much. Yeah. How did that shift things for you? How did that support you? Well, I think if talked about learning MVC, it's so important to have a partner. You know, these practices may be just small practices, right? Little things. But it really helped a lot to think deeply and to see the other people. Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate that. And also just to let everybody know that it doesn't surprise me, your experience, because part of what happens when we get so reactive, we may not even know that we're reacting because we don't have a whole lot of processing power in our brains. When we get into a reactive pattern of fight, flight, freeze, something like that, then all of the energy from our body that usually is here in our executive function in our cerebral cortex, all the energy goes to the deep brain, to the limbic brain, and to kind of the emotional brain, and to other parts of the body. And depending on how reactive you are, you can literally go deaf. Uh, once your heart rate goes to about 100 beats per minute, uh, you can't hear anybody else. So if you can't hear anybody else, you obviously can't empathize with them. So it takes a little bit of skill and practice over and over again when you're not so caught up like we are doing here today to start getting these neural grooves installed. I want to piggyback on this just to be really, really clear that what I have found work for many people is if you do this three times every day for a week, there become some neural pathways that happen that enable you to be able to do this in the moment of being reactive. So I invite you to consider a particular time each day, maybe when you first wake up or when you go to sleep at night or right after dinner, just pick a time and think of three different messages you can actually even do it three times with one if you like, but just so that you're practicing building those neural connections in your brain. Thank you. Do you have a question? Your hand is up and your microphone is unmuted. Yeah, I wish I could mute my kids. I had a question. I did the full process and I'm still upset. Yes. I guess the answer is to practice. Yes, practice, practice, practice. And also, one of the insights for me about practicing NBC is it's not about changing me or anybody else. It's really about coming into more of a sense of presence with what's actually happening, including my own upset. And depending on the strength of the reactivity, it actually might have an, like an echo in the body for quite a while, we might feel the, the chemicals that are actually created by the body, like cortisol and adrenaline. There are these chemicals that our body secretes in a fight or flight reaction. And it takes time for the body to metabolize or to detoxify those emotions. Women generally can come to more of a sense of freedom and balance more quickly 
than men, sometimes for men, because of the way we're biologically designed, it might take us 20, 30 minutes or even an hour to come back to uh, a sense of, of relaxation. But in your particular case, I'm imagining that, you, especially with two small children, it's just a, more or less a constant challenge to your nervous system. You might deal with one reaction that's going on and, and get some some ease from that, some self-connection, and then another one pops up. So it, just remember being a young parent, how it was so constant, a constant barrage of opportunities to practice. How does that sound to you? It sounds very satisfying. Thank you. I think that's all the hands that are up. So we have time for another practice here. And the second practice is a written practice. If you have the ability to get a notebook or type on your computer, that would be helpful. And then you would have these steps later to follow for more practice. This particular part of the lesson is about taking next steps after the fact. And it may or may not apply to the observation that you use. It's probably pretty unlikely. Uh, like in our small group, Timo was working with someone that he's not likely to ever see again. So in this case, think of a situation where you reacted uh, with somebody that really matters to you, that you have an ongoing relationship with. Like for me, I, I always choose Jory as my practice buddy because she's, she's my most reliable form of, of stimulation. And I also have the opportunity to come back and connect with her afterwards. So think of somebody that you might want to do um, some connection with. Again, choose something that's not like a four-alarm fire, but think of a, a minor irritation so that you can stay present for the practice. And I'll just be quiet while you think of a situation when you reacted in a way that you regret with somebody that you care about. And write down the observation. What did you say or do that you regret? And I'll give you my example, and then I'll be quiet. So the other day, Jory and I were working on, uh, on something, and I gave it to her for feedback to look at. And what I heard her say was, she didn't understand what I wrote, that it wasn't clear. And what I said was, why do you have to make everything harder than it needs to be? So that's my observation. So I'll be quiet for a minute while you write down your observation. And then notice how your body reacted in that moment. So in my case, I noticed that my face got hot. My mouth got dry. I had a sense of pressure building behind my eyes. And there was a lot of energy in my feet. I really wanted to run away. So what was your reaction? And if you want to write it down and describe it, again, I'll be quiet for a minute.
So as you finish your writing, just give yourself permission to feel whatever you feel, acknowledging that your, your reactions are biologically based. They're probably beyond your control. So just give yourself permission to be a human being. All human beings react to stressful situations like this. And then let's move to the next step. Notice what you're telling yourself in this stressful situation. And write down whatever you're telling yourself. So this could be jackal ears out. It could be jackal ears in. Either one. Whatever comes up for you. So I'll just again be quiet for one minute. And just write whatever, whatever you notice your thoughts are. What are you telling yourself? And again, give yourself some compassion. It's really, really normal, so to speak, for human beings to talk of themselves this way. It's a reflection of the way we've all been educated to think in terms of who's right, who's wrong, who's good and who's bad. So, of course, in a stressful situation, that's the kind of thoughts that we have. So now let's put our giraffe ears in on. And connect to your own needs. What's, what's important to you in this moment of stress? For me, it was about really having a sense of completion and uh, effective use of time. And also, uh, I think I had a need for acknowledgement or appreciation. So what were the needs that were up for you? I'll give you a, a minute or so to consider your own needs. What was important to you in that moment of stress? So again, direct some compassion to yourself. Of course you have these needs. All human beings share the same needs. Everybody wants to belong. Everybody has a need for acknowledgement. Everybody has a need for whatever you filled in the blank. If, if it was a universal need, then that's what we're talking about here, a, a need that is shared by every single person on the planet. So give yourself permission to have needs. And it's painful when our needs are not met. So now keeping your giraffe ears on and pointed inwards, consider any needs that were not met by the way that you reacted. For example, in my case, when I said what I said to Jory, it didn't meet my own need for uh, respect or love, care, integrity. So what was it about for you? What needs of yours were not met by the way that you reacted? 
Again, I'll be quiet for a minute while you consider that. So these unmet needs are equally beautiful. And again, it's, it's give yourself some compassion for having these needs, for having this system built into your body that lets you know through pain when your needs are not satisfied. That's something that all of us share as human beings. It hurts when we don't meet our own needs. So now we actually can put our giraffe ears out. If we've done our self-empathy work, which is what we've just been practicing, the jackal ears in, jackal ears out, giraffe ears in, that's all the self-empathy part of NBC. Now we can direct our attention to the other person involved. In this case, it's Jory. And I make an inquiry. I wonder what Jory was needing in this moment. I wonder what was going on in Jory. And I'm imagining she really wants to contribute. She really is needing clarity. She's feeling confused and wants to have some clarity. She also wants to contribute to the people that we're going to be mailing this to. So she wants to contribute to connection and clarity for them as well. So make some guesses about what might have been going on in the other person in the moment, in the moments around this reactive pattern. So empathy means giving the other person permission to be just as they are, just like you had compassion for yourself in your own reactivity. Now you can extend that compassion to the other person involved and acknowledge that they're doing just the best job they could do in that moment to get their own needs met. And now you have maybe some guesses about what their needs might be. So now we've done the self-empathy part of the repair work. This is all in preparation for having a dialogue with the other person involved. So now we can actually practice what it might be like to have that dialogue, again, in a written form. So the first part of sharing your regret is what we call the zero step. The zero step is simply an acknowledgement that you give to yourself of why you are using NBC. What's NBC about for you? It's about connecting to the intention that you have in the moment. And when Marshall designed NBC, he said that the purpose of it was to create a quality of connection that inspires compassionate giving and receiving. So when I'm doing the zero step, I'm awakening a remembrance this intention. I want to connect compassionately in the world. That's the world that I want to live in. And I want to do my part. I want to do anything I can do to support compassionate giving and receiving. So I get really, really clear on my own intention. So now do that for yourself. What would you tell, say to yourself that could awaken the spirit of NBC for you? Of all the parts of NBC, this is the most important. This zero step 
is the essence of everything about NBC. If you do the zero step and you do it wholeheartedly and you do it effectively, the rest of NBC naturally follows. You don't even have to think about it. If you stay anchored in this intention to connect in a compassionate way and in a way that you want everybody's needs to matter and get met, then everything else about NBC is likely to just emerge from that consciousness. So the zero step makes the rest of NBC uh, easier to do. And it helps us to bring our attention to right now, because right now is the moment when connection can happen. So if you wanted to move now into having an expression of your own vulnerability, we call it the warm startup. It's like, what's the first thing that comes out of our mouth? And there's several elements to having a warm startup, but the one that we want to focus on today is called permission. We want to make sure it's a good time to connect with the other person. We want to acknowledge that they're a human being with lots of feelings and needs and lots of things on their plate. And so we want to just check it out. Can we have consent and permission to have this talk right now? So I might approach Jory and I might say something like this. I'm eager to connect about what happened earlier. So I'm expressing a little bit of my vulnerability right now. I'm eager to do this. It's, I'm actually also feeling a little nervous and a little anxious. I don't like the sense of disconnection between us. I say something feels uncomfortable for me, and I wonder if this is a good opportunity for us to talk about it. Do you have some time? So that's my request. I say my feelings. I'm eager and anxious and nervous. I say my needs. And I end on a request. Is this a good time for us to chat right now? So what might you write? What's one sentence that you could write to open up the dialogue? Again, I'll be quiet for a minute. So imagining that you have consent, it's a whole nother class to figure out what, what you might say or do if you don't have consent. But actually, it's actually the same thing, whether you have consent or not. The next step is empathy for the other person. Let's just assume in this case that you got consent. Yeah, they're willing to talk to you right now. So now you express the empathy that you connected to. You make your best guess about what might, what might be going on in the other person when they think about this thing that happened between us earlier. So I might say something like, I imagine when I raised my voice earlier today that you felt scared and needed to protect yourself. And maybe right now you're feeling a little tender and cautious about being in a conversation with me. Is that so? So I make some kind of an empathic connecting guess about what's going on in the person right now. I might also acknowledge what was going on before, but I really want to connect with how they are right now. I don't want to put them in the box of being stuck in the past. Maybe they've let it go. Jory almost always lets it go way before I do. And uh, she has that biological advantage of being of, of gender. And so I want to be really present with her. So what might you say in one sentence that acknowledges empathy for the other person involved?
So you may guess right, you may not guess right, but there's the empathy is conveyed to the very act of guessing. Your curiosity and wonder awakens a sense of empathy between the two of you. And again, we're going to assume that uh, you guessed right in this case, and that now you have a sense of uh, a deeper connection with the other person involved through your empathy. And now we'll practice writing down the vulnerability. Now, this is where you expose the needs that you identified when you put your giraffe ears in. So what I might say is something like, you know, I regret losing my cool. I was really focused on finishing this project. And I didn't meet my own needs for love and respect. So how might you express your vulnerability in this moment? How would you put it into your own words? So just settle in and notice how your body feels having written down your vulnerability. And now the last part would be making a request. What would you like back from the other person having shared your vulnerability? And one request that you might want to do if you're in the wanting to do a repair here is, would you be willing to hear how I wish I would have responded? Would you be willing to hear how I wish I would have responded? And let's just assume again, they say yes. So now it's a chance to practice another kind of vulnerability. What would you say if you had not been emotionally hijacked in that moment? If you'd been able to have giraffe ears on installed in that moment instead of reactivity what would come out would be a response based in needs so had that been true for me in that moment i might have said something like you know she just is offering me this feedback she's showing me what she doesn't understand about what i've written so i might say i'm so grateful for your feedback when i hear that something is not clear for you i'm mo motivated to find another way of saying it that it's easier for you to understand would you be willing to edit the document in a way that works for you? So I end with an action request. After expressing my vulnerability, I ask for collaboration. So what might you do in your situation? How could you express yourself in giraffe in your do-over? So your final request in this do-over might be something like, how do you feel after hearing this do-over? Or how are you now? Or depends on what your need is. 
Sometimes when Jory and I are doing this, she has a do-over too. And so uh, I might just want to find out, is there something that you want to share about your own experience and what you wish you would have done? And sometimes that just emerges naturally from her own zero step. So to finish this do-over with a request, how do you feel after hearing this from me, this do-over from me? So I want to acknowledge that uh, what we just did was way too fast for some of you. I'd also like to acknowledge that when we do a do-over, when we actually ask someone, can I try that again? It really helps the other person's nervous system drop down also. It actually is a way to create healing together, not just for the person who's doing the do-over, but for the receiver as well. It's such a healthier way of saying, I'm sorry, there's not guilt and shame here. It's just, that didn't actually meet my needs. Can I try again so that I can meet both our needs? Thank you, Jory. Yeah, I guess I was also just wanting to express my regret that because of the format that we have, everything's a little bit compressed. My recommendation is that when you're doing this on your own, you take all the time you need to really explore. This is a really powerful use of our mental uh, faculties of our mind. And it's a higher form of reasoning when we actually use giraffe consciousness to make inquiries about, about our own feelings and our own needs, about the feelings and needs of others, and about what kind of requests we can make of ourselves in order to interact with others in the world that we want to live in. Each moment, each interaction is an opportunity to create or recreate the world we most want to live in. So every moment is an opportunity to speak a language of peace. There's a question on the board here. Would you mind restating or writing the zero step? Well, it changes every time. But I'll just say what the way Marshall expressed it, because it's kind of a little mantra that I use inside of me, that the purpose of nonviolent communication is to create a quality of connection that inspires compassionate giving and receiving. To create a quality of connection that inspires compassionate giving and receiving. And then I remind myself that connection can only happen right now in the present moment. I'd actually like to comment on the zero step is to be open, present, and warm or caring. Those are the three qualities that I notice in the zero step. And it's really important for me to know that because if I have that embedded in my mind with some clarity about what my zero step is, I notice when I'm not. Because it's so easy not to notice when we're caught up. So I continually try and reinforce myself. Open, present, and I use the word loving. Uh, It may be a little strong in some of the relationships, but open, present, and loving. Thank you, Jory. So if there's something you would like to say, love to just hear some feedback about needs met, especially if there's, it's always nurturing for me to find out about some needs met on the call. So who would like to share any needs met from being on the call today? Well, I'd first of all like to thank Jory for supporting me in going through the four years process. I really appreciated that. Secondly, I enjoyed this walkthrough on the do-over. I've, I've never been through such a formal process of it. I've heard about it. I've used, tried to use it sometimes, but to actually be walked through such a like a specific step-by-step process is really supportive for me. 
Thank you. Anybody else have anything you'd like to say to reflect on the call, either about needs met or advice you have for Jim and Jory? Hello, and I want to just say thank you. And I have my need for community and for remembering why I love MVC so much. And then the practice, the practice that helps change happen. Thank you very much. Appreciate the feedback. I have a couple of announcements. Jory and I will be back next month in the same time slot. It's always on the first Saturday of the month. If you have some requests about what you'd like us to cover, feel free to give us an email at radicalcompassion at gmail.com. I guess we're done for now. See you guys next month. 